Welcome to the Proactive Planner, a podcast for people ready to take action to live a more worry-free life. Avoid an accidental legacy and be a proactive planner today. All right, and for those of you who are listening out there, here's the disclaimer. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. It does not create an attorney-client relationship, and we don't intend any advice today or for the next few episodes to be the same as advice you would get from your CPA. We're not giving tax advice, just suggestions based on what uh, we research. And the content here also is property of Wilson Legal PC. Awesome. So uh, what do you guys think of the uh, the new setup? Okay, we've done quite a few episodes in the old office. Now we're in a different office. Uh, leave us a comment and let us know if you like this better or the other one better. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully they like this one better. We have a great painting behind us. Yes, um, yes. So it's a little bit more scenery to look at. And they get to see our uh, our faces more in this one. So Yeah, which will be good. Yeah, we just have to make sure that when we look at each other, we stay on the microphone. Stay on the microphone. Got so, it. So don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Michelle. So what are we talking about today? So today is March week one, and Mm. we're going to start talking about income taxes, Jeff. And I'm hoping that some of our listeners and you maybe as well get some good um, tips out of the next couple weeks. Uh, I can take all the tax tips I could possibly get. (laughs) That's great. Yes, I think most (laughs) of us can. (laughs) Well, you know, I mean... I like paying taxes to no one ever, right? No one ever. <laughs> so um, one of the things I wanted to start out with, though, is a little bit of um, some interesting facts. Mm. Um, our country used to make its money from excise taxes, from imports and exports. That was where most of the country's money came from. Right. Now, most of government's money comes from income taxes. Mm. So really, even more than a state tax, a lot of people are afraid of a state tax. Well, the government doesn't make as much money from that, not nearly. Uh, compared to income tax. Income tax from people is 41.5% of what the government makes every year. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Love it. Um, And actually, one of the sites I was looking at uh, was saying that the reason that this is so high is that more than half of our country's businesses have their income taxed through their personal income tax um, return rather than through a company tax return. Hmm. So they end up paying more money that way, don't they? Actually, no, they save money. They do? Yeah. Awesome. (laughs) Going to learn something new today, folks. Yeah. So so the question a lot of people would have, I guess, hearing that would be, well, how how in the world does most of our country's companies' business income get taxed on an individual tax return? And one of the answers, and it's one that I use actually for my law firm, is an S-corp. So the IRS allows people to choose an S-corporation status. It's like a tax status. It can change uh, the way that you're incorporated if you want it to, uh, but you can keep your original um, corporate entity if you were set up as an LLC, a limited liability company, for Mm -hmm. example. You can choose to stay an LLC and just be taxed as an S-corp, and you can do that on one of the forms that you turn in. Um, So that is one of the ways that we can we can be taxed on our individual tax return is through that election. What an S-Corp does is it allows you to, you still turn in a business tax return, but all the income of the business is reported on your individual tax return. Hmm. And what it does is it actually saves the employer, the company, um, whoever owns the company, saves them on some of the um, employee taxes. Hmm. So, you know, in normal companies, um, 
you're going to have a double taxation issue, especially if it's a C-Corp, where all income is taxed at the corporate level, and then it's taxed again at the individual level. Right. Um, when you're a business owner as an S-Corp, you actually get to escape some of the employer-paid um, contributions on employment taxes. Okay. So it actually saved you about 13%, I think, was the, the percentage um, that used to be the savings if you added everything up together that wow. you actually get to save. So having an, an S corp actually is an advantage because it can save you quite a, quite a bit on employee taxes. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that you would want to think about too, I mean, why set up a company? It seems like it would be a hassle you don't need. Uh, one of the reasons you want to think about an S corp besides just saving on income tax is liability, um, liability protection. So if you're, if you're doing your podcast business by yourself and you don't have a company set up, you're what we call a sole proprietor. Correct. Yeah. And you run your taxes through your social security number mm-hmm. or an EIN, but yeah. You do, times. but if somebody gets disgruntled, um, and I put, you know, in my notes, any Tom, Dick or Harry who mm-hmm. decides that you've done him wrong and decides to sue you, then your personal assets are up for grabs to the person who sues you. Right. And if you set up instead an LLC, whether you're taxed as an S corp or not, then they're not going to be able to have access to your personal assets. Hmm. They would be limited to whatever the company had to be able to pay them. That's good. So and just a, a really quick aside, I had to look up where Tom, Dick, or Harry came from. Yeah. Where, because, did, where did Tom, uh, Dick, and Harry come from? That's something I hear all the time, right? <laughs> yes. Um, and apparently it comes from a show tune called Kiss Me, Kate. It was introduced on Broadway in December 30, on December 30th, 1948. <laughs> and it means any ordinary person, any Tom, Dick, or Harry, any ordinary guy. I know no one named Dick or Harry these days. <laughs> right. And why are they all guys? <laughs> why? <laughs> well, 1948. 1948 suppose, right? is the reason why. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Tom, Dick, and Harry is kind of like trials and tribulations. You can't have tribulations without trials. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That's very right. true. <laughs> that's very true. So anyway, uh, one of the things you do want to do, you know, just to make sure that not only are your, your income tech taxes a little bit lower, but also you are protecting yourself from a liability perspective. Make sure you set up an LLC. Make sure you get that, that S election, which you can make by filing one of two forms. Um, there's a couple of words of caution here because uh, sometimes people get a little too crazy on tax savings. So when they decide to use an S-Corp and they decide to um, save on paying employment taxes, some people think that they can just take draws from their LLC and never pay themselves a W-2H as an S-Corp. And that's where you get in trouble um, because the IRS requires you to pay yourself at least one third Mm. of what someone in your area of employment would be paid as a W-2 wage earner. Okay. So if you if you go less than that, you're looking at raising a red flag with the IRS and potentially being audited. So question for you. So because I looked into the S-Corp uh, myself as well, don't you have to have another employee and have to have, uh, you know, or a board member or meetings or something to that effect? I can't remember exactly what it was. Well, I mean, any corporation, you're going to need to have meetings, right? You're going to need to have an annual meeting every year. And you can do that with just yourself. Really? Yeah. So you don't need another employee to. I've to been an S corp since I opened, and I didn't have employees for the first eight years. Okay. So yeah, you can still be an S corp. There are rules about how many people you can have, so you can't have more than one hundred people to as be employees a, to be an S corp. To be an S corp, and there's rules C-corp. about trusts as mm-hmm. members as well. So it isn't meant for like the really really 
big companies, I guess, to set up an S corp. But there's a lot of companies that are under hundred employees. Oh, you know, yeah, I would imagine the majority. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, w- I would imagine too. So you've got lots of wiggle room. Okay. Um, so you you definitely want to make sure you're drawing at least one third of a normal salary as a W two person, and then the rest of what you get paid is paid can be paid in draws. Hmm. Um, and of course, when you take a draw from an LLC, you're not taking out FICA or Social Security or anything. It's not reported as wages to you. It's just your profit from the company. Okay. Um, all right. So let's see. Also, what you want to remember, my other little word of warning, and this is just from personal experience, too, because I got into this rat race as well. Um, if you take a third of your salary as wages and you pay the rest of what you make in draws, you have to make sure you keep a tax savings account for the end of the year so that you can pay the 24% to one third of what you made in income taxes right. out of the draws. And if you don't do that, you end up working from January to April the following year just to pay the taxes from the year before yeah. that you owed. Been there, done that. Yeah. Continue to do that. <laughs> well, Payment plans. <laughs> it is, it's easier if you have that already in savings and set aside in a don't touch me account. Is there uh, anything specific to that strategy behind that tax savings account, or is it literally just a tax savings account and you set it to pull money from your business account, or how do, how do you set that up? Uh, well, the way I did it is I just put one third of every draw into that savings account okay. when I would move it over to my personal my personal checking. Um, if you can do that, it's kind of like the envelope method, but at a bank, if that makes sense. Um, and if you guys are interested in any kind of new envelope method budgeting for business strategy i definitely recommend profit profit first um profit first is a book that uh basically says here's how you can budget using bank accounts right and that's what i've been doing with my business and it certainly helped me save for some of the bigger purchases we've needed to make okay um and to make sure we've got enough money for operating and payroll and not even making sure you you have enough money, but it's a great way to see if you're going over in any area, because if you put a certain percentage of your income in each of those different buckets, accounts, or envelopes, then you're going to see when you start going over, like right when it starts happening instead of after the fact. Okay. Okay. Um, so profit first is a great book, um, by Mike and I'm going to mess up his last name, McCallowitz. Anyways, Mike, forgive me. Um, you get it on Amazon. You can, (laughs) So how do you elect S-Corp status? There's two different forms you can choose from, either Form 8832 or Form 2553. Um, One of those is for right when you set up a corporation uh, before you even (coughs) start earning money in it. Um, You can file that form within, a, I think it's within, by the 15th of the third month after the corporation becomes active. So um, you've got the first quarter or so to make that election when you start up, but there's another way you can still elect S corporation status even after you've been running as a company for a while. Okay. Um, and that's really beneficial for a lot of folks um, who might want to choose that now and haven't, you know, maybe that first three months is already long gone. All right. Um, all right. So how do we know if S corp status is right for you? Well, one of the things that um, you've got to make sure that you have is um, it's got to be a domestic company. Um, no foreign investors. And I don't think that would apply to a ton of people here, but um, if you've got any people looking to invest in your company from another country, you're not going to be able to keep S-corporation status. Um, S-corporations have to have 100 or fewer shareholders. We talked about that. 
um, they can only issue one class of stock. So for those of you who are investors out there, um, you already know this, but for those of you who are maybe not as big into investing, there are more than one, there's more than one kind of stock that can be issued by a company. Uh, you might've heard of common stock and preferred stock, and some companies even have different levels of preferred stock. And usually the difference there between the two classes is one gets paid first and the other ones get paid second. So in this case, for S-Corps, you can only issue one level of stock. For most folks, that's totally fine. Yeah. Um, S-Corporations must have an accounting year that ends in December, uh, December 31st. So um, that just applies to your fiscal year. That's when your accounting year is over. Some companies do elect to have an accounting year end at a different time of year, and usually that has to do with the type of business you have. Um, for most of the businesses I work with, December 31st is totally fine. Um, and most of them do end on December 31st. So I don't think that's a huge um, difference um, business yeah. to business on that. Right. But S corporations are definitely something if you have a side hustle or you have a even a, a hobby that you want to make something out of that if you were to use the S corp status, you could get some advantages uh, for yourself and for your family, especially if it has a little bit of liability that goes along with it. So I definitely encourage all of our listeners to um, to do that. All right. So how are we doing on time, Jeff? Oh, we're fantastic. Yeah, we're, we're fantastic. We're so fantastic. we could even keep going. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So um, we're going to move into gift and estate taxes and step up in basis. So this is an area that I get a lot of questions on. And where I'd like to start, uh, where I start with most people is they come in and they say, oh my goodness, Michelle, are we going to have a taxable estate? Is our estate going to be, be taxed? Uh, please tell us because we've been scared of this. Mm. Um, and the good news is I get to tell them that Georgia is a good state to die in. Oh, that's lovely. Congratulations. Congratulations. You died <laughs> in a nice state. <coughs> and I know that sounds weird, but um, so Georgia is a good state to die in because we are what's called a coupled state with the federal government. And what that means is that Georgia is dating the federal government and whatever rule the federal government has about um, estate tax is the rule that Georgia has. So right now you might be aware or you might not be, I don't know, the exemption in 2023 for estate tax is 12.92 million per person. Wowzers. So you, and if you're married, your spouse can give away 12.92 million each, either while you're living or after death. And you, you don't have to pay a dime of estate tax. Huh? There's no separate inheritance tax for Georgia. So here's the tricky part um, to all of our listeners is if somebody asks you about inheritance tax in Georgia or says that they pay inheritance tax, the important thing to know is every state is different, especially some of our New England states. Uh, I know Oregon, um, a lot of states have a separate inheritance tax. I believe California does too because they... They want to make as much money oh, as they can. Of course they do. I'm sure New York has a pretty stringent one as well. <laughs> they probably do. You yeah. know, states like New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Connecticut, you're probably going to be facing some kind of inheritance tax in one of those states. Um, so remember that every state is different. So if you've got family in another state and they say, oh my goodness, Jeff, you have to watch out for the inheritance tax. The first thing you want to do is say, wait a second, what's, you guys don't live in Georgia. You should move to Georgia because I know I don't have a problem. That's right. Right. Um, because you listen to this podcast or yeah, a lot you know, of people have moved to Georgia. 
<laughs> That's true. If you don't, if you don't know that role, or if you didn't know that role, the important thing to do when people tell you stories about what a role might be is make sure you understand what state they're coming from, because that applies in any legal subject area. There's different roles in different states. Um, so one of the things I tell people is uh, when it comes to that, we became a country of the United States, right? So that means that we agreed to become a country as long as each of our states could do things their own way. Right. And that is as of now. (laughs) (laughs) That's definitely carried on. It's carried on over, um, you know, several hundreds of years where every state has their own rules about things. So it's the reason why you want to update your documents when you move to a different state. It's a reason why, you know, our criminal laws are different in each state. You know, we have the death penalty in some states and not in others. Um, And when it comes to estate planning, you're going to see that a lot too. Every state is going to have its different rules for taxes and its different rules for Medicaid and its different rules for wills and powers of attorney and healthcare documents. Yeah. I mean, that's a great point, Michelle. I mean, that, that's just another thing that people need to pay attention to when they're deciding whether to move out of state or not. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just, you know, what the, the, the cost of living and what you can afford. It's, you know, it's all the laws that come along with that. Well, yeah. And you know what? If your employer pays for your mu- your moving fees, why not add updating your estate plan into part of your moving cost? Because if they want you to move to a new state and you need to update your estate plan, you could just add that to your cost to move and put it on your expense sheet for your company. Have you seen that done before? I have not, because usually people have already moved when I talk to them. And um, also, most recently, a lot of my clients are retired, so they don't really have an employer paying their moving fees. But for those who are moving in, and if we're catching you before you actually move here, then definitely try that. Mm -hmm. Um, If the company will cover it, why not? Absolutely. So anyway, um, is this a good place to stop before we get into something else? I think it might be. I think it's a great place to stop for today. Uh, in week one. Uh, Please, if you like what you're hearing or seeing, of course, please like and subscribe if you're on YouTube. If you're listening on podcasts, please subscribe on all of the major platforms that we're on. And uh, Michelle, where can they find you? They can find us at wilson-legal.com. That's W-I-L-S-O-N hyphen or dash L-E-G-A-L.com. You can also call us at 770-205-7861 or email at info at wilson-legal.com. We hope to hear from you soon, and we'll get into gift taxes at the next episode. Awesome. Bye, y'all. Until then, bye-bye. I just realized I can look at that clock. I want to get into gift tax and be in for another 10 minutes. Okay. All right. So we kind of mushed that one together, but that's okay. That's okay. We'll get into gift taxes next. One thing. And the difference between gift, the unified credit, and the. Anyway, go ahead. All right. Podcast producer hat on. Okay. Because we're doing it this way, focus more of your attention on the camera, less on me. Okay. Two reasons. One, because we're. we're but, so because we're that way, mm-hmm. so you can look at me from time mm-hmm. to time, but really it's look at the camera or look down or look at, you know. It's like the parades. Yeah, pretty much. Except we're not <laughs> like, you know, anchors like that, right? It's still a podcast. Yeah. Um, a lot of times people have video podcasts and they almost never even look at the camera and they're facing this way. And it's just because, you know. And it takes away from the attention or the. It, it doesn't really matter. I mean, it's still there, right? You're still looking at them, whatever, right? Um it's also hard to kind of look at you with the lights because of like, so I'm like squinting and all that. And I'm noticing like I'm looking down, then I look over and you're looking at me and I'm like, ah, 
I don't want you looking at me when I'm looking away and this and that. And you know what I mean? Like just focus more your attention on, on that. Yeah. Yeah. No worries. Awesome. It's like, how do I get you out of that? <laughs> like looking down and then seeing I'm looking at you uncomfortableness. Yeah. Don't, don't look at you. Don't right? look at me. I will not do that. I mean, you can like look at me from time to time, obviously. And I'm going to do the same, but like we'll right. focus more of attention on. No, that's fine. And I don't have to change shirts this way because you can't see my pants. It's great. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> That is correct. I love that.